It's on. Oh. Hello. 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 Hero. Hero. How are you, Maxi boy? I'm fine. I'm uh, really fine this week. My son was born last Saturday, so I'm what? very. <laughs> Don't act surprised you knew about it. You're yeah, the I know first it. person <laughs> but still, that I'm, found I'm out. acting surprised <laughs> for the for the audience. <laughs> hey, congrats once again. Yeah, it's uh, it's nice uh, to be uh, to be a dad, a father of two. You already have two of your own, so yeah. you know the feeling. Yes, I do. Uh, but it's the other way around. I have a son and a daughter. You have yeah. a daughter and a son now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My daughter is the oldest. Uh, so, but it's uh, so it's been a hectic week for me, uh, being through a lot of changes. You know how it is. But otherwise, yeah. it's all good. Uh, what are we gonna talk about today? I thought we can go back in history, but uh, I thought that we can uh, we can take up the issue of controllers and HMI, human machine interaction, uh, and how how consoles have changed the landscape uh, over the years, and how controllers have had the the what the impact has been from controllers standpoint of view as well as like you know the the uh, vr headsets how they have evolved over the years and etc etc so human machine interaction is the field and i think that this is a really cool topic to be talking about yeah i think so too i mean we talked about it last episode and we said that it's very important with controllers or not controllers but controls game controls because um uh, of this flow state so if you guys haven't listened to our previous episode you can listen to it about the flow state of game of a gamer uh, it was pretty interesting talk but we can just say that it disrupts this uh flow state if we if the gamer has to um focus on the controls right so we don't ever want them to kind of break that flow state they're in when they're playing the game exactly and even though you have you know the previously way back in the in the days we just had uh, a few buttons right you had this joystick which could move from left to right up down and you basically had a button right and with that comes also some kind of a, a limitation yeah where you not only do you put limitation on the on the this the system but also the the developer who is developing games it is a really cool thing to have just just a few buttons and you know the, the joystick uh, but you also limit the player uh, the developer in such a way that they need to be created in in a way to make use of the buttons in a cool way and also in an intuitive way i mean if you go back to the nintendo uh, nintendo era where uh, nintendo made made sure that every home had some some kind of an entertainment system uh they they just had two buttons it was the a and b and then they had the start button and select button and they had the the digital pad yeah and it was really if if you look back at it from today's standpoint it was really limiting and also really ugly and really not ergonomically <laughs> <laughs> developed right ah, it was it just was, a pad right so yeah, it, was it was just a, a square pad it, it wasn't really <laughs> It looked like it it wasn't even made for human hands, to be honest. I mean, yeah. <laughs> right? It's like holding yeah, your exactly. keyboard in your hand today. How comfortable is that? And how often would you do it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but still, they, they managed to, you know, make sure that people understood the, the concept of having an entertainment system at home. 
Yeah. yeah. And the, the, the games at that time, you basically just could move left, right, uh, jump, run. You have these classics like Super Mario. You have Probotector. What was the... It was a, it was a clone of some other game. Was it Cob- Cobra Core? Uh, yeah, maybe yeah, something. Yeah, something like that. Um, you had the uh, I think the first uh, Metal Gear game was for the Nintendo as well. Uh, you had a lot of these these super classics that nowadays are mainstream. Yeah, and yeah, all you could true. do was just run, right? Run, jump, shoot. Uh, you had the Bold Hell games where you could move up down left right and shoot um and it was a good time for for this uh being a developer at that time meant that you had to create your own game engine uh but also you had the you had the advantage of being one of the first yeah that's true true um, and there were a lot of game developers that were that had their prime time at that time like uh, you know the uh, the next generation i think there was in the 16-bit nintendo uh the square enix made their final fantasy games on on those consoles as well i think the the first one maybe came for for nintendo the first one and yeah. they they made the final fantasy games for the uh, the second generation of nintendo yeah and i think the final fantasy the, the name is actually implying that the uh, the company really had a tough time at that time. They they tried to do different kinds of stuff they, that didn't work, so they made a final effort and created Final Fantasy. And it was Final Fantasy, I think the third one, or the, maybe for the first one. No, it was the third one that came to to uh, the, uh, the EU and the US. And oh, yeah. after that, Square Enix were basically gods. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, the games were simpler as well, so they didn't need the, that much control from from the player, right? I mean, it was yeah, exactly. Since you were limited as as your character because it was all two D and you had a limited skill set, it didn't require a more complex control. I would say they could have thought more ergonomic. <laughs> they could, <laughs> but you I think know... the, the field of ergonomics wasn't invented at that time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, or you know, I think I think that what, what it's been a transition because I, I think that the field of ergonomics was never uh, adapted to gaming. I don't think that gaming was such a big part of people's lives back then. Because I I'm looking, it's a it's an interesting. While we were talking, I googled uh, Nintendo controllers through the years. And you can see the evolution. It's pretty cool, actually. Um, but you can see, like, the Nintendo Entertainment System in 1995. You've got this square controller, like you said, with two buttons, A and B, was it right? Did you uh, say 85 or 95? 85. 85. Yeah, 85, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you had, you had uh, it was A and B, right, on the, on exactly. the controller itself. And the digital pad, and I, I can't remember the buttons in the middle. They were start and select. Start or and select, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, and it's. Uh, I mean, I don't think they ever thought about ergonomics just because ergonomics has existed f- far be- before that. Yeah, before that. 
um, <laughs> far beyond that <laughs> yeah i was like beyond that wait a minute <laughs> that's not right uh, but uh, you know they were applied to like sitting in your office and nobody was taking it that seriously seriously at that time I, i'm guessing even in offices so um i mean games... there was also a there was a limitation not only from from the the thought process perspective but also the manufacturing process right at yeah. that time you didn't have many many machines that could cut in a circular fashion yeah yeah so if you, if you just if you look back at the uh, uh, at cars from that time you can see that all the cars themselves are also really like bulky and uh, have all these rough edges so I yeah. think uh, the the manufacturing process was refined during the years and that in turn made some some stuff possible like rounded controllers yeah i th I think so because if you look for example like you said yeah cars older cars that have these very nice rounded edges and all that they were handmade and i don't think that they were you know off to making these into into handmade handmade controllers which would i mean that would be just very very costly for what they were trying to do at the time so um yeah you know you don't have such advanced machines and programs you can describe these advanced shapes in and stuff so you can't really make these very very advanced shapes but as technology has um gone forward um they can but also with technology going forward of course the games are different very very different now uh than they were back then um so yeah it's uh it's a lot of controller focus i i, I feel today with consoles um you know, a lot of people evaluate them like the PS4 controller. If you look at, um, let's say, um, today's controller versus... I'm talking about the PS5 because we checked that one out as well. Um, the, the PS5 controller versus the DualShock controllers, which historically haven't changed that much. Um, I always felt that they were fine in the hand. Uh, but other people uh, with bigger hands mostly thought that you know they don't fit that well and it was a bit hard to to grab a hold of them and stuff and they changed they changed that for for the PS5 so it's very important with with the controller and the the interaction um between the player and the controller um because it do if it doesn't feel uncomfortable then you go to back to the same thing about um that we talked about that you break their flow flow state all the time because you know if it hurts if you put a control control and if it hurts after a half an hour of gaming then you might give up uh right if it hurts enough then you definitely will give up so yeah unless you're like me <laughs> i want to get, get into uh jump ahead in or back rather to the nintendo 64 era that's when the 3d uh games were coming out right yeah and there was one game in particular that me and my brothers, uh, we, we played it relentlessly, endlessly. <laughs> uh, and when I say relentlessly, I mean like really, uh, we played until there were, uh, what is it called? Our fingers actually, we, we could scrape off the... the uh, the skin of your fingers the skin, right? thank you yeah. <laughs> the skin of our fingers because we played it that much and we played it it was really a, a game that was really competitive uh, it was the Killer Instinct game by the way uh, it was such a cool game at the time and we played it for hours 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and one session after the other, our skin started to fall off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's not a good that's not a good grade for for the Nintendo controller in that day. <laughs> no, guess. from I mean, it, it was a sixty four controller, so <laughs> yeah, it it was intuitive in such a way that they. They added this thing in the middle, right? It was a. It looked yeah, like, it a, looks spaceship. like a spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say that. <laughs> uh, and at that time, they. It was a cool thing because developers used that in a really intuitive way, especially the the game called uh, Pokemon Stadium, I think it was called, mm-hmm. where the it was basically a, a mini game kind of a game where there were a lot of different kinds of games, and you can use. Uh, the different controllers, uh, the different parts of the controller to flick uh, one of those worms or snakes, okay. I think it was it, uh, in one game. And then you, you'd position your, game, your hands in a different way and you had the access to controls that was specific to that minigame. It was really cool. And I think it was after the Nintendo 64 era, and especially that game, I don't know if it's true, this is just my opinion, uh, or my thought process, uh, and I think that after the that era, they saw that hey, this is kind of cool. So we should probably give access to a to the to this stick in a different position, and that's when the Nintendo GameCube uh, controller, which in my opinion is the best controller created ever, because yeah, it fit- I, I have to agree on that. Yeah, I loved it, it as well. It is such a cool controller. Yeah. Such a good controller. It is. Um, uh, really, really nice, actually. They really, uh, you know, it hits a spot on the ergonomic side for that one. Yeah, especially the X and Y, uh, the, the, the buttons on the right, right? B, A, X and Y. Yeah, because they were the, smaller or, like, rounded. Uh, no, it was, then... in diff- it, it was in a different shape compared to the 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 Xbox controller and the PS controller nowadays they have these it's basically a cross right yeah the yeah. x a b uh, while in the GameCube controller you had this huge a button which is the main button for you to use and then you could just rest your finger on that button or uh, near it and be able to press the other ones without any issue at all yeah so you can press the a a and y at the same time, X, A at the same time, Y, X at the same time, because they're really uh, positioned in such a way that you could really access them easily. Uh, however, you could not use the X and B button, but there was no game ever that tried to do this anyway, so it was yeah, really cool. Yeah, I mean, game developers are smart. They look at the controller and see what's possible. And, exactly. You know, they they adapt to the controller but yeah it's um if they're half moon shaped or something the um those buttons that are above uh, above the a button right or yeah, like the x and y yeah i don't know half moon shape but they're they're anyway like they're they've been cut out of a circle so they are round around the a button and then the b button is a small a pretty small button on it yeah uh, is it a that's small isn't a that's no, the green it's one a that's the green one like yeah, a and is the green one, the, B, the huge B one. is the black, the the black one, the red one, the red which one, yeah. is small, pretty small yeah. compared. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, they that one is really actually really nice. I and from that point onward, I don't I don't know. I mean, I'm 
I'm kind of a, a bit conflicted. I, the Switch controllers are, they're okay, but they're not the best controllers. Um, many people feel that for longer game sessions, they want the Pro controller because there's a Nintendo Pro Nintendo controller. Switch, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, and... it's meant for, for taking the, the Switch with you, right? It's meant to be played on the go. Yeah, yeah, it is. And they they want it. They want you to be able to play it with a friend without compromising the uh, the game. Yeah, uh, having to be able to, uh, having to be forced to take a controller with you. You always have an extra controller with you. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Um, so and a lot know, of people just buy the pro controller as well, just because it's you know um, it's more ergonomically adapted and and made. So yeah. Yeah, but there's also you know the uh, you can uh, you can dock your controllers right into this black thing whatever it's called. Yeah, you uh, can dock the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. No, no, not the not, not the the switch. I mean the controllers. You can dock the controllers into this uh, oh, thing. Yeah, to create which gives a, you... a bigger controller style, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Which is basically a pro controller, but in a worse fashion. Yeah, it is. I mean, it does help because it, it does have extra support for the hands when you dock them into this thing. So on the yeah. sides, there are similar uh, similar uh, support for, for holding it, like on the PS4 or the Xbox, a bit smaller, uh, but it does help. Yeah, I, I've tried it because I don't have the Pro Controller, but I've tried it with, uh, with those things and it does definitely, uh, definitely help. Um, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, after the after the GameCube controller, I see that the the Nintendo controllers have basically changed a lot, right? They, yeah. They changed into this uh, the Wiimote, which uh, was really cool and really intuitive and really inventive, and they they added three D motion to to controllers, so you can actually actually throw volleyballs or bowling bowling balls and yeah etc and you had this really intuitive feeling that uh about it however from an economic standpoint it was really it was a bad one right it, it felt like a like a uh, re i mean a remote control for the tv yeah basically yeah which is yeah. um you know not the best but i mean people did find it anyway i think that the innovation behind the controller kind of drove people to want to want to play anyway yeah. um so there are especially older people i think now that i think about it having it look like a tv remote uh was probably a good move on nintendo's part because the the older generation which really didn't see the meaning of playing games they they could play with a remote because they like they have watched tv for centuries right basically yeah yeah <laughs> and take that with a grain of salt guys it's not really a tv hasn't been here for centuries <laughs> uh, yeah that's that's true now but i i think what what we're saying is um that first games have evolved a lot um in what you can do and how you know interactive they are and all of that so naturally controllers uh, and the human machine interaction thing um, has changed and, uh, and evolved with it because you couldn't, I mean, you couldn't play a modern game on a, a Nintendo uh, 
uh, an, an old Nintendo controller, right? You wouldn't... I mean, if you were pre playing it on the NES, let's say, which has four buttons, basically, you couldn't play any modern game. I, and I'm not talking about, you know, platform games that are being made today that um, are, are made to mimic old games. I'm talking about, you know, stand-of-the-art, let's say Battlefield. You couldn't play... What, how would you map that? It would be like, okay, I can map movement, but and then I can map shooting and throwing a grenade, maybe. But then, <laughs> what, but but after that, you know, you have a million buttons. You have crouch. You you should be able to. Um, what is the what what more can you do? Scope, right? In yeah, uh, you have to be able to in battlefield battlefield, which is I don't know why I came up with that, but it was like the first game that came into my mind. But anyway, <laughs> I want to I want to counter move counter you with uh, with an example. But yeah, go on. Yeah, no, but I was just thinking that like in battlefield, you're supposed to drive vehicles um, and all that. So you know, it it becomes very very hard if you want to use that type of controller which is very, very limited uh, into a modern game today just because of the evolution of games and what you can do in games uh, generally. So I think that console manufacturers, um, whatever they choose to kind of make as their controller and design as their controller kind of limits the game developer in what they can and cannot do. Uh, and the more features they add to the controller, that's why it's so important, because the more features they add to the controller, like you said, movement, or uh, the PS5 has haptic feedback on the triggers. So the triggers will act with different resistance depending on what you're doing and feedback from the game. Um, it gives uh, developers much more freedom in choosing you know, which APIs they want to implement, which things they want to do. So um, that's a, that's a kind of important part of, uh, of the game consoles manufacturers because they kind of set the standard of what game developers can do um so yeah but yeah. You, you can counter with the example now so yeah i want to i want to counter with platformer games modern yeah. platformer games for instance like um ori and the blind forest but for i instance. said i was i was i was excluding those <laughs> okay i thought you meant platform games uh, i mean specific for for the hardware platform okay so you no no okay I, exactly yeah, right. platform cool, cool. games i was like those you can play because they're designed yeah. they're modern uh creations that mimic the old design basically so yeah those you can wear. yeah but with a, a hell lot of more uh, uh mechanics no, that's true. On the, the games uh, i mean there are some games that do this uh on the on the phone right you have uh you have games that have four buttons basically uh that play that you can play on the on the phone. There are MOBA games, there are uh, racing games, and I think that as soon as as long as they only use four buttons and some kind of a D-pad or uh, movement controller, you can map them. But it still doesn't make up for the the intro. I mean, having the select and start button <laughs> to basically use uh, shoot and jump. For instance, yeah, yeah, yeah. then you ha you have the A and B button to do something else, or make use of skills. Right? It it's not intuitive. I would rather go back to the Nintendo sixty four. I mean, not sixty four. Uh, the the Super Nintendo, uh, the sixteen bit Nintendo version. Yeah, where they actually added the R and L buttons. Right? That yeah. was the first console that had all R and L. I can't even sp uh, spell <laughs> today. It's the L and R button. Because yeah. 
uh, that in of itself was a really it was a cool feature because of course you can you can put your fingers on the uh, on the rim of the controller, right? Yeah, yeah. So just add two buttons there was really an, a, a cool thing. What I don't like was in the GameCube controller the Z button. Yeah, that Do was a thin one? one above. Yeah, it was a really thin one. It was yeah. really awkwardly placed, yeah. and especially if you compare it to the uh, to the PlayStation version where they had R one and R two and L one and L two. L two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, although they were awkwardly placed, I really don't like the uh, the the L one and L two uh, on the PS four controller. Yeah, exactly. Because it, for me, it makes no sense to have two fingers having having to press the L one and the L two is kind of awkward. Oh yeah, just no. just the, I mean that's just a personal opinion for me, but still. Yeah, it's kind of you want to put them on opposite side. I I know that you know a lot of games did that, like FPS games where you were supposed to scope. You would scope with uh, I think it was like L one, and you shoot with R two, right? So you'd never yeah. kind of have to press those at the same time. Because I, I, exactly. uh, I agree. So my question then remains, why would you have two buttons there? Yeah, no, I, I, I guess that, you know, you, you just want them to be able to have as much skills as possible available on your controller or something like that. I don't know. I mean, that's the count. I would just... I was just thinking that the amount of buttons is the amount of flexibility you get, but it's not always. I mean, you can use combinations of, of buttons and stuff uh, if it makes sense. Um, but yeah, I know some racing games, for example, and I find that awkward as well because racing games, they, they have usually, I, I never kind of use that, but anyway, um, they have a default, a default mapping where acceleration is on R2, and brake is on R1. Uh, sorry, uh, 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 L2. L1. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so they're on opposite sides, right? But then if you want a manual shift, you know, I'm a Formula 1 fanatic. So I played, I played every Formula 1 game since, I don't know, since there was a Formula 1 game. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, I know. And uh, Did you play the one on the Nintendo, the Nintendo version as well? Uh, I don't think so. I played. Uh, <laughs> I used a lot of. Uh, me and my dad actually played that a lot previously. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I. I don't think I've played it. Um, I played the Sony versions um, since like two thousand and one or something like that. But I haven't played the Nintendo version. At least I don't think so. I. I pay. I before because before that I played some PC version of it, um, where you know the wheels weren't spinning and the car was a static model and stuff <laughs> it's like awful looking at it now but anyway but you know when you want to manually shift then they uh they put the shift up on r1 and the shift down on uh l1 so then you know when you're accelerating you have to press this r1 button so you're you're holding in r2 and then it's the same thing when you're when you're braking to downshift which is very very awkward to be honest i mean it's yeah. it feels like because you have to release so much of the controller to press these buttons, and it feels like it's gonna you're gonna lose the controllers uh, or something. So yeah, it's um, it's not the best design, I have to say. I agree. Uh, except for the uh, 
the Xbox controller. I think they actually managed to do it really well because they shifted the the buttons right. They they still have the R one and R two versions, uh, but they have it slightly offset, uh, which lands yeah. really well in 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 a hand, right? Yeah, yeah. They they do shift the analog sticks as well, which also oh, yeah. kind of you know it's um I don't know I'm. A, <laughs> I think um, I'm kind of split on that. I don't know what what I would think is is best. Uh, it's just our hands are symmetric, so why not have the analog? Our thumbs are in the same place, right? You mirror thumb placement, so why would it why would it want it offset? But maybe it's like you said, because they're offsetting everything else, it makes more more sense to offset that part as well um otherwise they they would have to go the the sony way where you know the sony controller is symmetric um they they kind of each side mirrors each other that's the, that 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 has been their thing for for a while um so they've never made any offset controllers uh like that but uh um, yeah and i want to I touch on that later on as well um yeah but yeah do continue uh no i was just i was just thinking that you know i i guess that in Sony's mindset, they thought, like I do, that your hands are symmetric, so there's no reason, if it feels good in your right hand, there's no reason that it shouldn't feel good in your left hand. But, you know, like we said, you do get into awkward things when you're trying to play certain games. And like also we said, when you try to push these two buttons are at the same time, and at the same time maybe isn't that big of a problem, but when you have to hold one and press one, at the same time in different patterns or something then it becomes awkward so yeah 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 and what i want to say, what i want to touch upon was the it's really interesting how how the different manufacturers um tackle these things right yeah the this the sony way they basically have the same design since what is it 97 94 yeah. What was the first PlayStation? It uh, was 94, maybe, yeah. Yeah, I think it's 94. Uh, so they had their first controller uh, in, the, in the first PlayStation, uh, yeah, at that time. And then 97 or something, they added the PlayStation 2. And, or maybe, no, 2000 was it. PlayStation 2 came 2000. Yeah. Uh, I think even they 2002 or nothing. something, by the way. Yeah okay, uh, I can't I, I can't really remember the, was the it dates. Too? Yeah, something uh, like that. But anyway, yeah. the the what I want to say is they their design really didn't change much. It was basically the same. And then the PlayStation Three came, and still there was no big uh, difference in the how it was how it looks. And this, uh, now the PS Five, they basically did. They went out of their way, I would say, <laughs> <laughs> and instead of having. Uh, <laughs> instead of uh, having a black controller they went for a white one that looks uh yeah kind of spacey yeah whereas yeah. if you look at the the xbox controller they they went from a, a huge one the first version of it was a really huge version of the of the xbox controllers right they they couldn't fit in your hands basically yeah. and then they changed it to a smaller version in the 360 version of xbox uh, and then they went on to create this new uh, Xbox controller. And I, I really like the Xbox controller nowadays because it really fits. Uh, it does feel well. The rumble features, the the everything 
it really feels good nowadays in comparison to the first version where they came. And then you can compare these two with the Nintendo versions of their controllers. <laughs> they basically just <laughs> throw out everything. <laughs> each and then each they, version each, of the console, they exactly. just... Exactly, with each generation, they everything. just... <laughs> they say that, hey, we, this, this doesn't work, let's create something else. Yeah, but I, I think, you know, that, that goes a bit hand-in-hand hand with uh, what they're aiming for, because, uh, you know, Nintendo has changed their strategy kind of for every console they, they made since the, the, the GameCube. The GameCube was was the last controller that was, or controller, sorry, uh, console that uh, was supposed to actually compete with the PS2 and the Xbox. And from that um, generation onward, they haven't really been in the same um let's how, how focus we, area yeah exactly yeah their focus they, isn't really 3d games like super high-end yeah it's not performance in that in that yeah. matter and that's why i love nintendo because they've you know they they enable gamers to do things in a different way like when the wii came out it was amazing um you had this uh, i can i can remember the the zelda bow and arrow thing was amazing and then they had some, um, for the Wii U, they had a golf game where you would uh, have the golf ball on the, I don't know what, what it was called, this tablet thing that you could have um, with you, with a screen. Uh, you know, it was like a controller controller thing that, um, and they came up gamepad. with some gamepad. I think it's just called gamepad, yeah. Okay, uh, so on the gamepad you would have the golf ball and you would place it on the ground and then you would use your controller to have this swing and then on the screen you would see the swing. It was like amazing. And I saw some like, um, uh, it was a sniper game where you would point, so you had the image on the TV and you would point this gamepad on the screen or let's say parallel to the screen and you would see a sniper version of it on your gamepad. It was like amazing. So, so they've kind of... Um, they do things. I have another example, which ah. is really cool. Um, there was this, there was a a horror game, I think it was, uh, for the Wii U, where they, your the thing that you did in the game was you captured uh, ghosts, uh, and you captured them by taking snapshots of them. You used uh -huh. your controller to move it around, and then you pressed one of the, some button. I can't remember. I think it was the R button to to take a screenshot basically or to to capture the the ghost basically yeah. so you, you you had this gamepad mimic your camera and uh, it was really cool yeah yeah i mean they they've kind of um they were pushing the boundaries for this human uh, machine interaction thing that's why i, I love them for that um and in those regards they were they were doing a lot to um, make the games, even though they were not competing on graphics quality and, and things like that, they were pushing the boundaries for how engaged the gamer can become in a game by controllers. And that's a really smart thing. Yeah. Now that, that puts an, a strain on the developers, right? Because all of a sudden you had these... In, in, the, in the Xbox, PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2 era, or even nowadays, you have basically the same layout for all of your controllers. Yeah. You have a couple of buttons, you have two controller sticks, you have the D-pad, but with the Wii U, uh, or the Wii rather, you didn't really have those uh, those controllers anymore. 
So you, yeah. need, you as a game developer had to make a choice. Do you want to go for a low-end graphics-wise game but with intuitive controls, or did you want to go for the high-end uh, graphics kind of way to make use of the standard controllers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's how it is, and and it it kind of goes back to you know what we said that um, they limit you in different ways um, by by doing this. And then, of course, you have like any modern features, like games are online now, and you might want some chat features. And then console uh, uh, consoles, they have added some of that. I know PS4 has this, I don't know what they call it, but they have this digital pad thing, you know, where you can move your thumb around and press on. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. The, tra the track... Um... Yeah, it's a trackpad of some sort. Um, I, I, I don't... I. I have no idea what they call that, um, but you know. Anyway, so so they added that, and you can kind of type faster using that, and touchpad. because touchpad, okay, yeah. uh, because you know, games have have grown so much, and people are used to like when we're gaming, you're chatting or voice chatting at the same time, or you want to write something, or you know, they added. Um, a web uh, web browser to to the console then you have to make it kind of easier for people to use that so they they've 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 added some some of those features as well um but from a from a gaming standpoint i mean i i think you could use it in some games as well most probably um there are some games that do who do use it um i think it's underutilized to be honest i know that there is this game uh, what is it called the little bit planet yeah, Little yeah. Planet uses it in a really cool way, but other than that, I haven't really seen anyone use the the, the touchpad in no. any way. No. That is cool because I th I mean you would add features to a game that would only be specific to the PlayStation version. If you have this game also released for the Xbox version, then all of a sudden you have extra features which you cannot really use on the Xbox version, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, game development isn't really something that game developers want to... They don't want to waste resources. And if there is something with this game that requires more attention, then they're going to put more resources into that. And this having this trackpad, I think, is just an extra nice-to-have feature where players or rather game developers don't really want to make use of because it just adds extra complexity to the code but also to to the game yeah yeah definitely i mean it's and and uh it might not even be possible to do on one controller and be possible on another controller so you're looking at that aspect as well i think that yeah. if you want to be multi-platform you should look at the least common denominator between the two so like okay they both have you know l2 and r2 and l1 and r1 buttons okay great check you know they both yeah. got a d-pad check um or yeah and of course there there are some exceptions to that as well i mean the the nintendo uh, nintendo versions are super examples of those yeah uh, for instance if you if you take the the zelda uh example that you took previously with the bow and arrow uh, and then you just apply it to the xbox no sorry the wii u version uh they had basically the same thing you had these motion sensors, but they were working in a different way, right? So yeah. developers really did a good job at mapping those uh, 
those as well. Yeah. It was a it was something that uh, it was a core to the game, right? And yeah. since that was something that they saw is a is a necessary thing to add, they did add it to to next games. Yeah, it was kind of a main feature of the thing that you could do that. Um, exactly. And that's that's a that's a thing because when you're creating expectations, at some point you have to meet them, otherwise uh, players will be uh, disappointed. Um, because oh I can't do this but you show that I can do it and I can't so why can't I do it uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, you get what I usually say what I call the office effect you need to, the, the word, word office word effect where you have a whole bunch of features but only like 5% of them are used or uh, because people don't know where they are or it's just too cluttered yeah yeah and that's, so, a, that's actually a very important point that, that you said because um, you can have a lot of features and you spend money on them, but if nobody can use them, they it's just a waste. Um, yeah, and that is why I mean uh, that that is one of the things that I think the the touchpad is. It's a wasted uh, thing that they they put in something that on paper looks cool, but no one makes use of. Yeah, not in games anyway. I mean, it's yeah, it's games, just I mean. yeah, it's just a thing that they that they did for basically you to be able to write faster i would say because no games I, was, I don't think it was i don't think it was pre just made for for i think it was a feature for developers to make use of but no one really came up with a good solution to as to what what you want to use it for yeah that's true i mean um <clears throat> i think that um it's like you said since little big planet and perhaps other games are using it there is an api for it so you can actually use it if you want yeah, to you can use it but nobody made use of it because, like you said, they're, uh, they, they were not, um, it, wasn't, it wasn't straightforward enough or something else um, that, that made I it. I actually came up, came remember something. Uh, I can't remember the, uh, the game, The Last of Us 2 actually makes use of it. <laughs> and they do it in a real cool thing. Uh, it's really a useless thing within the game, but it adds to, <laughs> uh, it adds to the immersion of it. You you play guitar from time to time. Okay. Uh, and that the the touchpad is when you strum the the, the guitar, right? When you do this, bring. Okay. That's when you 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 just stroke it, and it, it was really cool uh, how they did uh -huh, it. You, okay. You're so supposed you... to have the controller upside down basically, and you just you you strum the uh, you just touch it. To make this bring sound, and you have the, uh, I think it's the left stick, where you have you have a mapping on the screen, uh, kind of like a clock, and I think it's maybe six or maybe eight different. Uh, I think it's a, an octave, by the way. Okay. So you have it's mapped to an octave, right? So you use your left thumbstick to to push the stick in a certain direction to make uh, to choose which uh, note you want to play and then okay. you just use yeah, the, yeah. the strumming <laughs> it was really cool but it's still it's just an unnecessary feature which just adds to yeah, uh, the yeah it's it's not the main feature of the game anyway. no exactly, well, um, exactly. <laughs> wait i just want to is last of us ps uh, sony exclusive Four. um yeah, I think so. Okay, because that would, I mean, 
for exclusive games then if you if you wanna if you wanna go exclusive then of course uh you can utilize all these things and you can find because then you're not constrained yeah, because by you're, yeah true yeah exactly. you're not you're not kind of constrained by oh we have to make this work on an xbox as well um, yeah true so so there are you know there are benefits uh and drawbacks with going exclusive as well just because from a controller at least from a controller perspective it makes your life easier just because you know what you have and you know yeah. that you can use the whole thing without having to add complexity to your code um and exceptions and you know stuff like that um <clears throat> so um in in that in that sense it makes sense um just because because you can you can do that yeah um, true yeah but um, also i mean there are other games that that are exclusive right but they don't use uh, they don't yeah. use this feature yeah um, that's that's the thing uh, <laughs> and i'm really i don't know i'm conflicted because it's a cool thing to have but what what can you do with it? yeah i don't know i mean it's it's uh it also um because it's in the place it is and because it's fairly small it does also mean that you have to kind of release the controller um, yeah, on, on that on whatever side you know. Well, no, not uh, to be honest. I haven't really released the controller when I when I hold it, I just reach for it with uh, really awkwardly. Yeah, exactly. It becomes awkward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think uh, when playtesting, um, if you, I think that they might have most developers might have thought well this is awkward nobody's going to use it because if we if we add a critical um mechanic of the game using this thing um it will become impossible for the gamer because you will go like back and forth be be between awkwardness and going back to the x uh, xo uh, uh, triangle and those those buttons uh, and then go back to this thing and then go back to the buttons it just becomes yeah at least if you're right-handed as as i am if you're left-handed probably you'd go you know with the left hand um but still you have to release uh, l1 and l2 buttons if they do something which they most probably do in most games you have to or release movement. those yeah I exactly mean, especially if you're yeah. left-handed if you're left-handed and the 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 controller which are basically having the movement uh, on the left side then you're stopping your character from doing whatever it's doing yeah so then it becomes or... impossible yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so and I think that might be might that might be the reason why people don't use it. I don't know. Yeah, well, I I think that a good thing or and a good tip from from this episode is pick up a controller and see what makes sense for your game, and see you know does does anything feel awkward or something, and then when you're doing your play tests, um, then you can ask people about the controller and how it felt because it's a very very important thing. That's also a throwback to measurement this is a part of your measurement um you know theory let's say uh where you uh when you're playtesting you can observe players if they have a hard time with controllers if they if they focus a lot on oh what should i press here uh then it's not intuitive enough and then you maybe have to go back to the drawing board um so yeah um actually if yeah. you do, did you have anything on this topic because i wanted to move the conversation to vr actually yeah, I was actually thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> Good. Let <laughs> us go. Let us go to VR. We are in sync. <laughs> uh, so, what what do we uh, what do we think about VR? 
I think uh, we we've talked about this um, in in previous games. I I feel that VR is kind of still a untested area, to be honest. Uh, there are some things that bother me, <laughs> uh, yeah. which which are um, with controllers or exactly you, yeah yeah okay yeah. Um, not with the VR controllers themselves. I think that you know if we take um, the Rift or the HTC Vive. HTC Vive? Was it called Vive? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's Vive. Uh, um, so the HTC Vive controllers were um, not made for humans. <laughs> they were made for dogs, <laughs> for hamsters. <laughs> I don't want to bash, but they were very heavy. You know, yeah. we, we had one at the office. We were doing some, some, uh, some testing um, for a, a product thing. And uh, they were very heavy, clunky um just hard to uh we're talking about the wireless controllers now um they were they were uh, i think um i think for a, a long period of time if you want to play for a long period of time it would get um just too too heavy um then the rift controllers are much better i think um much uh, more intuitive and what i really like about them is that you'd basically hold your hand as you would normally do. So when you're holding your, your hand down on your sides, your hand is pointing forward or your hand is pointing toward your body like it naturally would. So that's, that's a very, uh, that's a very uh, nice thing. Um, and also a plus for the controllers is that you can see them in VR. So you can actually see what you know where where they are and and um, when you're when you're mapping buttons and stuff you can actually sit, see the controller um, like that but what bothers me and what nobody has thought of fixing i don't know if it's fixable but we can talk about it is that when you're say you're sitting down i play a lot of uh, flight simulators and i have my joystick and my throttle control and i find it on the joystick, it's manageable because the joystick is designed in such a way where all the buttons have a special symbol on them. So you can actually feel your way to which button is which. So you get that, let's call it haptic feedback. Um, but on the throttle control, there's nothing. So when I want to push buttons and stuff on the throttle control, I cannot see which buttons are which, which is, that makes it a really, really, um, a rough experience I, I found because you have to remove the, your headset or and, and stuff like that go ahead the throttle the throttle controllers were they made for vr or was no, it no, just no. the controller that was added to it's a it's a controller that i uh, i bought uh, which is a replica of a real flight controller so it's 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 nothing that was made for vr itself yeah so it wasn't really made for that purpose so that's why you have this rough uh this rough experience right yeah but most controllers if you're playing with a mouse and keyboard for example it's kind of the same thing right in vr how do you mean oh well if you have to press something so if you're playing let's say uh, a shooter in vr yeah. if you if you just press it's easy because for for these buttons the the sad w button and q and e those are the most applicable to shooters. So, so in, and the mouse, you know, the mouse is the mouse. You, you get a feel for it all the time and you hold it in your hand all the time. Um, but if you have to do something else than the normal buttons, 
then you kind of have to take off your VR headset and look, exactly. oh, where am I? Exactly, and that's uh, that's my point. That's exactly my point, because they were not really made for VR. They were meant for regular usage, right? The Do you have the same feeling? Do you, do you have the same experience when you're using the, the controllers, the VR controllers? You no, right? no, yeah. Exactly, because they were made for that specific purpose. That's yeah. what I mean. That's yeah. So whenever the, the manufacturers create something they do this for a specific purpose and if you want to use something else then that's up to you and that is that is what i feel is the the one of the problems with vr nowadays is that there are basically just two actors right there are a couple of actors that create their own uh, vr headsets but in terms of controllers there are just two yeah that's true that's true yeah and there's no really standardized uh, way right now because it's just those two who create their own thing and people kind of feel like this is a cool thing so they start to move over to those two and try to adapt their their games to those two platforms we're basically right now in the nintendo entertainment system the nes version of vr exactly yeah yeah and that is what i feel what i feel is in a couple of years this will be a booming uh industry with a whole lot of different controllers with all kinds of different uh, headsets and stuff and i think that that could be a something that is really going the opposite way from what it should do vr when it comes fragment becomes fragmented the the developers will have a hard time to make use of uh the the controllers in the correct way much like nowadays, if you want to create a game for which is multi-platform, you're going to have to ask, do you have this button? Do you have this kind of layout? Do you have this kind of yeah. thing? And then uh, you, you map your buttons to those controllers. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I don't like with the HTC versions, now, at least the, the first versions, is you said that it felt really clunky, right? It was, they were heavy and stuff. Yeah. And I, they basically had this, I call it... Uh, uh, pencil. What is it called in English? <laughs> um, a brush. No, uh, yes, thank you. Um, so they 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 feel like these brushes. They feel like you have this uh paint on them, and you're supposed to paint something on the wall. Yeah, that's true. True. Uh, there is one thing that I really like with the controllers is the it's a touchpad thing in the middle, but they no one really used it for something good at least not in my experience i didn't really play any games they that used the the center part yeah uh, the touchpad thingy in a good way yeah as soon as the vr uh, the the oculus came out the htc went for it as well right they changed their controllers into basically a, a an upside down version of the uh, the oculus controller and you see, you said this in the with the Oculus version that they feel like they feel natural, right? Yeah, yeah, they I, do. I would go one step further and say that they feel natural uh, for the kinds of games that play people tend to play, which are shooter games, right? Yeah, most of the games. Um, I mean, there's a there's a huge. What uh, hitter and folk something? Demand. Yes. There's a huge demand for for shooter games, and this 
their controllers really map really well uh, to those games, right? Yeah, they, feel they do. Natural. Yeah, yeah, because they have and this natural trigger thing and, uh, exactly. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that in of itself does add to the immersion to to in the games. So yeah. you don't really have to think in terms of because I always felt that there was something pulling me back with the HTC versions, uh, in the first versions at least, because of not only did I know that I wasn't really in the VR version, a VR game, but it was enhanced because of the controllers that I had in my hand. It felt like TV remotes all over the place again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean... Uh, um, the, uh, yeah. Uh, it's... Um, how, sh how should I put it? The thing you get with VR, that's that's the whole... The thing you get with VR is immediate immersion. You're transporting the player to a different world immediately because yeah. it, it's this thing where you put on your headset and you get every signal in your brain is you're there, right? And the controller thing breaks that completely. Yeah, it <laughs> If does. it doesn't work, right? It just... You know, exactly. it takes the player back and forth between reality, virtual reality, reality, virtual reality. Like you said, I mean, if it feels like the controller is unnatural in some way, it breaks that. You don't, even if you don't have to take your VR headset uh, off to, to look at the controller like I'm doing. So if I'm on, if I'm on my joystick, I'm fine. If I'm on my throttle, I'm fine. As soon as I have to do something outside the throttle control, um, then I have to look and that breaks it for me. But then if, if it doesn't feel natural um, when, you, when you hold the actual control that was made for the thing, so in this case, the HTC Vive first control, if it feels clunky, heavy, um, not natural in, in some way, then you're breaking it even though the player doesn't have to take off the, 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 the headset to, uh, to look at it. So um, yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a thing they need to fix. Uh, in my, and in they my did. opinion, they changed it. Uh, they changed the controllers to look something like the uh, the Oculus controller. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the things that I want to point out is, uh, is that we're gamers that are experienced, right? Because yeah. this this doesn't really apply to people who have never really experienced VR or, or haven't don't really play games that much. I mean, depending on what came, kind of a gamer or experience you have. Even the Nintendo 8-bit can be really immersive, right? You really, you can move, transport your mind into this separate world and you really forget about the outside world. That was what we were touching on in the uh, previous episode when we were talking about uh, the flow state, yeah. right? Yeah. Now with VR, you get this basically really, you get this multiplied 10 because you have to, because you are literally transported into another world exactly virtually <laughs> yeah so it's not really literally literally but anyway <laughs> um now that also makes it really tough for a for a game developer because you need to be able to create something that is consistent right yeah. you have to, you have to create a game world not only a game but also the world itself has to be consistent and it has to be mapped to the the gamer's point of view yeah the first thing that people tend to do when they start to play vr is basically just pick up stuff and throw it away right because they want to just like children the first thing that children do is they they want to they first of all they need to see what is around them 
so they tend to look around and then they start to pick up stuff and uh, see what happens when you when you throw it on the ground yeah. right yeah they 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 experience gravity they they try to explore what are the physical aspects of this world that i that, that i am in and then from there you have the a basic understanding of what really works and that's how they that's when they start to learn to walk and run and etc yeah yeah that's true uh you kind of test the boundaries of your current reality or whatever exactly yeah and if you if you go if you don't take this into consideration when you create a game then you're basically breaking reality for people and that's uh, that's what i feel has been a problem previously uh, with games that let you move in the game uh, and not teleporting one of the things that games do many times over is that they give you the ability to teleport right but you're basically standing still in the game world yeah yeah so you're just teleporting to something somewhere else just because uh, that feels natural for a player they don't really move physically when they move forward with yeah. the controller stick yeah exactly yeah uh, and that that kind of adds to the immersion yeah it does it does um well i mean um we're um, i think we're uh, running out of time but i think that what <clears throat> to summarize what we've said is you know know what you're working with and have um the test the controllers that you are working on and with um test the human interaction measure it um because a lot of a lot of this breaks the flow um and for vr it's um it's not really a super mature product just yet it's gonna get there um but if you create a, a game for vr just think about the controller aspect of it so it doesn't break the the flow or the virtual reality thing for for the players um so yeah i guess is there anything more that we um... no i just want to point out that throughout the years controllers have had an impact on where we have gone in terms of hmi but also hmi has impacted uh games and how they can be created and with the limitation of a controller how do you proceed to create something that is really intuitive and and uh has cool mechanics yeah yeah well, um, great then. Then um, that's that was our episode and take on uh, HMI. And um, thank you for the talk, Juicy. Always a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Always a pleasure. Yeah, and if and you guys you have, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, thank you guys for listening. And if you have any questions uh, or anything for us, or if you want to hear us talk about something in specific specifically. You can uh, send us a mail at puzzling.passion at gmail.com, comment on our Instagram, puzzling.passion, or our Twitter, which is also puzzling.passion. So thank you very much, and see you next week, Juicy. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye.